How many of you have ever watched this, the show Wipeout on TV? Anyone ever watched the show Wipeout? What is it called? Wipeout, where the people are paid $50,000, basically they get hurt, basically they try to jump on things, they bounce off, and they make all these different shapes when they fall, you know, like all the things. You watch Wipeout? All right. Come on, if you could be smart tonight, just go to your door. I serious. I, I don't have time for that. And if y'all can laugh at him, I'll send everyone out. It was you. When we consider this, this play to wipe out, right? People are paid and they want to go on TV and make a fool of themselves. Now, how many of you have ever made a fool of yourself in public? Anyone ever done that? Anyone tried to be cool and did something and mess yourself up in public? All right. I remember when I was about 18 years old, I was in Bermuda, and I tried, and I had a little uh, motorbike, right? So I thought, you know, I was cool, never driven motorbike, you know, it was actually a moped, so I thought to myself, man, I, I tried to act cool, you know, I, I got a thing, I revving it up like this, you know, like I have a, I got one 650 or something, you think I have one 650 ready to pop that and everything, right? So, anyway, right, so... We in a park and we did some things and, you know, we did some, some ministry things and all of a sudden I was there just revving it up. Next thing you know, the bike took off, <laughs> but I didn't take off with the bike. And the bike ended up falling on me like this. And let's just put it this way. I never got up so fast in my life because I was so embarrassed and like other people were there. So I just like made sure that hopefully no one else saw it. And I just pulled it up dead fast like, wow, you know, like I, I had to make sure that no one else saw it, but of course people saw it, and I was like, very embarrassed. Same thing probably happened to some of you when you're in school, right? I remember in school, I'll never get, and I went to Kingsway Academy, I'll never get, Kingsway used to have this chain across the parking lot, and it was raining one day, it was raining one day, and somebody thought to themselves, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to jump the chain. And they're going, I mean, they're going full speed, full speed ahead. They're rolling now. Wow, wow, they're looking like Usain Bolt. And when they go jump over the chain, the back of their foot caught in the chain, boom, right on the ground. And guess what? As you know, if you fall out in school, everyone just laughs at that person. So there are times in life when we are embarrassed, when we, are, when we get hurt in front of people, right? What about a time in your life when you felt pain and hurt in another way? Maybe a family member passed away or, you know, you were hurt by something someone said to you. And you thought to yourself, well, how am I going to go on in life? What am I going to do? As you know, we've just had a devastating hurricane in our area where people from Freeport and Abaco have been relocated here. And they don't know what they're going to do. Some people have died. All right? It's a, it's a tough time as you consider our country at this time. But let me ask you this question. What about you in your life? When you consider life and you consider failing, right? You consider all the times you may have failed. Like, for instance, you fail a test. You don't make the team. You lose a friend because of something you did or said. Isn't that hurtful sometimes? Isn't that hurtful to, get a, to fail? 
It's not hurtful to get cut off a team and everyone else make the team and you didn't make the team? Or maybe it's something even worse than that, right? We get hurt by so many things in life. And let's be honest, right? Nobody likes to feel hurt, right? Nobody likes to feel hurt, right? No one likes to feel like no one li likes them, right? No one wants to feel like nobody cares. But reality is there's times like that in our lives. When life goes wrong. But when I consider those things, when you go through those tough times in life, sometimes what happens in life is you get stronger. And that's what we're going to be talking about the next couple of weeks Stronger. How do we get stronger when we go through rough times? You know, when we consider, as I said, one of those things did not make the team. The greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan, was cut off his high school team. Cut. Didn't make the team. Now, let me ask a question. If he would have said to himself, I didn't make the team, and go cry in the corner and say, I ain't trying out no more, what would happen? He would never make it, right? He would never be the greatest player, right? He would never be the person. But what he did is he, he got stronger. He said he, he hit the weight room, and he tried his best. He worked out. He practiced. So the next year, he made sure he made a team to become, like I said, the greatest player of all time. When we consider this, we got to look back at the beginning of time. We got to look at God's, God's creation and think of when God created the earth, it was a perfect place. Perfect. At that time, there was no sin. At that time, it was, you know, you didn't worry about sweating. You, everything worked was just great. There was no problems. Everything was great. A world that we wish we probably all still lived in, right? Where you didn't have to worry about all the things that we were about. And this is what it said in Genesis 1.31, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So at the beginning of time, everything was perfect. Everything was great. Adam and Eve came on the scene. They had the perfect place, the perfect park to play in. I mean, everything was great. And God told them one thing. Don't touch one tree. Just one. They probably had many other trees and many other things to do, but just don't touch this one thing. And you know, we think sometimes, we look at them and think to ourselves, but they was dumb, boy. How could, they, how could they have all these things, have the perfect life, but yet they messed it up and went after the one thing they couldn't have? Isn't that me and you? Don't we sometimes have everything in life, but we want the one thing we can't have? And we do whatever we can to get that thing and end up hurting ourselves or cause ourselves to get in trouble. As we think of Genesis 3, 17, verse 18, this is what it says. After Adam and Eve ate the fruit. Somebody want to read it for us. Someone want to read verse 17. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. 
thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. So here it is. They had the perfect life. They had it all together. They didn't have to worry about nothing. Everything was great. But the one thing, as they ate the fruit, everything changed. One thing changed their whole life. Like I said, we would look at them and think to ourselves, boy, they, they just, they, they dumb. Why would they do that? We could ask the question. Yeah, we lost it afterwards, right? All right. When we consider that, like I said, we need to understand that God still had a plan. And just like Adam and Eve, he still had a plan for them, even though they messed up. And it's just like us in this room, right? Some of you have different problems than I have. But the one thing we all have is one. What is it called? It starts with an S, ends in an N. What is, this? what is it? Sin. We have all sinned. We have all done something wrong. Because of Adam and Eve's sin, sin is on us. There's no getting around it. There's no person in here can say that I've never sinned. No one. There's no one in this room who can say that I'm perfect and, you know, I just, I just can't sin. We have all sinned. But one thing we got to understand is this. Because of our sin, we need a Savior. Because of what we have done, Christ came to this earth, and he gave us the gospel. As we was trying to sing in the first song, we was trying to sing the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is that, Jesus, that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so that we could have a relationship with him. And he didn't just stay dead, but he's alive. And I just wanted to, hopefully it could play. I don't know if it could. Let's try a video and just to give you what the gospel is in a simple, dramatic form. It's the full story of life crushed into four minutes. The entirety of humanity in the palm of your hand crushed into one sentence. Listen, it's intense, right? God, our sins, paying everyone life. The greatest story ever told that's hardly ever told. God. Yes? God, the maker and giver of life, and by life I mean any and all manner and substance, seen and unseen, what can and can be touched, thoughts, image, emotions, love, atoms, and oceans, God. All of it is handiwork, one of which is masterpiece, made so uniquely that angels look curiously. The one thing in creation that was made with his imagery, the concept, so cold. It's the reason I stay bold, how God breathed in a man and he became a living soul formed with the intent of being infinitely, intimately fond. Creator and creation held an eternal bond, and it was placed in perfect paradise till something went wrong, and species got deceived and started lusting for his job, an odd list of complaints, as if the system ain't working, and used that same breath he graciously gave us to curse him. And that sin seed spread through our soul's genome, and by nature of your nature, your species, you participated in the mutiny, our, yes, our sins. It's nature inherited, black in the human heart. It was over before it started. Deceived from day one and led away by our own lust. There's not a religion in the world that doesn't agree that something's wrong with us. The question is, what is it? And how do we fix it? 
Are we eternally separated from a God that may or may not have existed? But that's another subject. Let's keep grinding. Besides trying to prove God is like defending a lion, homie. It'll need your help. Just unlock the cage. Let's move on on how our debt can be paid. Short and sweet. The problem is sin. Yes, sin. It's a cancer, an asthma, choking out our life force, forcing separation from a perfect and holy God. And the only way to get back is to get back to perfection. But silly us, trying to pass the course of life without referring to a syllabus. This is us. Keep up your good deeds. Chant, pray, meditate. But all of that, of course, is spraying cologne on a corpse. Or you could choose to ignore it as if something don't stink. It's like stepping in dog poop and refusing to wipe your shoe. But all of that ends with how good is good enough. Take your silly list of good deeds and line them up against perfection. Good luck. That's life past your pay grade. The cost of your soul, you ain't got a big enough piggy bank. But you could give it a shot. But I suggest you throw away the list, because even your good acts are an extension of your selfishness. But here's where it gets interesting. I hope you're closely listening. Please don't get it twisted. It's what makes our faith unique. Here's what God says is part A of the gospel. You can't fix yourself. Quit trying. It's impossible. Sin brings death. Give God his breath back. You owe him. Eternally separated. And the only way to fix it is someone die in your place. And that someone got to be perfect. Or the payment ain't permanent. So if and when you find a perfect person, get him or her to willingly trade their perfection for your sin and death in. Clearly, since the only one that can meet God's criteria is God, God sent himself as Jesus to pay the cost for us. His righteousness. His death functions as payment. Yes, payment. Wrote a check with his life, but at the resurrection, we all cheered because that means the check cleared. Pierced feet, pierced hands, blood-stained son of man, fullness, forgiveness, free passage into the promised land. That same breath that God breathed into us, God gave up to redeem us. And anyone and everyone, and by everyone, I mean everyone, who puts their faith and trust in Him, and Him alone can stand in full confidence of God's forgiveness. And here's what the promise is, that you are guaranteed full access to return to perfect unity by simply believing in Christ and Christ alone. You are receiving life. Yes, life. This is the gospel. God, our sins, paying everyone life. So like I said, there was a perfect man who had to pay the price for us. I couldn't die for you. You couldn't die for me. And that's why God sent his son, the perfect sacrificial lamb. So when we consider that, like I said, these bad experiences make us stronger. And as we think of our sin and we come to know Christ, every single day of our lives we need to grow closer to him. And we need to be more like him. Which brings us to Colossians 1, 13 and 20. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Verse 14, 
in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, or rulers, or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. When we consider that and we look at our lives and we look at how we messed up. And let's put it this way. Some of us could always look at someone else and say, you know what? I messed up as bad as him or her. You know, gee, my sin don't even compare to that person. I'm a good person compared to everyone else. I go to church every week. I've done all the right things. But we need to understand something in this room tonight that we've all sinned, and we all need a Savior. We all need the gospel. The gospel is what transforms us. The gospel is what changed our lives. Without Jesus coming to this earth and dying for us, we would have no hope. Again, as we consider the hurricane that went through just now, and we consider that when we talk to people and, and you hear them, the stories, it's amazing to hear them say that the only thing that got them through that was what? God. They realized that. That that was their only hope. And it's sometimes what happens is we have to go through things like that to make us stronger in our relationship with God. I mean, imagine... You don't know what's going to happen. Imagine you've lost everything. Imagine family members have died. What are you going to do? There's one place that you can turn. You could turn to Christ and you can say, as, it, as we just read, He reconciled us. You see, one thing we have to understand tonight is that we can't earn the gospel. We can't earn the free gift of salvation. That doesn't, that's not the way it works. You can't use a debit card. You can't use cash. You can't do anything in order to get that. Only one person paid that debt, and that was Jesus Christ. And he already paid it for you. It's free. So when we consider coming to church is a great thing, but coming to church never saved anyone. Never saved anyone. It's a good place to come, but that doesn't mean you're saved. So I want to challenge you as we get ready to close. I want to give you an illustration. I want you to look at this. And I want you to look at how sometimes in life things are transforming, how things happen, right? I have three objects that I'm going to let you look at and right here, okay? So we have a carrot. We have an egg. And we have coffee beans. All right. So we have these three objects. And I want us to look at them. Now I have some hot water that hopefully is hot enough for us to think about. And hopefully it does what I'm supposed to do. First of all, what happens to a carrot when you pour hot water on it? Anyone know? It gets soft, right? You want to come, come, feel this, come feel this right here. 
Come feel this car. Tell me, make sure how does it feel right now? Hard, right? Man, why you drop my card, man? How about you eat now? I need that for dinner with it. Where are you going? And table, get it for me, please. All right. So the carrot starts off tough, hard, all right? Now, what's going to happen when I pour water on it? Hot water. All right. Oh, it is. Wow. All right. All right. The illustration is going great, guys. All right. Well, a carrot, listen, a carrot starts off tough and strong, right? But when, when it gets heat, right? What happens to the carrot? It's soft now, right? It gets soft. All right? It gets soft. And listen, listen to me, right? If, if, a, if a bowl has a hole in it and you pour water in it, it will come out. All right? No, it had a hole in it. That's why. I can see the hole right there. It doesn't do it in the microwave, right? So, listen, all right, this, this is all part of the illustration right now. When things get tough, sometimes we spill over in life, all right? Things spill over, all right? Things happen, all right? Just like these carrots, they were hard. Now they're very soft because of the hot water, right? All right, Stephen. Now, we get to the egg, right? When you are like an egg, when you pour hard water, what happens to it? It'll get hard, right? It gets soft. And what, what might happen to it? Start the what? Start the crack. Start the smell, right? Huh? I know. All right. Let's forget that. Oh, none of the bowls any good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. All right, let's see what our paper. We'll have to edit this in the video. <laughs> Could none of those bowls work? All right. So let's read the illustration so we'd understand, right? So, a carrot, right? A carrot starts off tough, strong, but when hot water hits them, what happens? They turn soft. After a while, they get mushy, they start to lose some of their color. Eventually, they fall apart. Does that sound like us sometimes when things get tough, when things are going rough, we get mushy, we get tough, and we sometimes we struggle? Is that any of us in this room? Or some of us might be an egg. All right? When they, when they meet hot water, they harden. With enough time, they become tough and inflexible, and sometimes they kind of smell. Does this sound like you? When life gets painful... Does your heart get hard and bitter? Do you get angry at people when things get tough? That you shut off from people and you just, you know, you are angry and you get ang you bet bitter at things. Or, I'm not even going to try to pour the coffee. All right? It's working. Okay. Coffee. 
When you face difficult times in different ways, what if Jesus could help you endure hot water more like the coffee beans? When coffee meets hot water, the water releases and the very best parts of coffee beans. In hot water, the flavor and aroma is that type of person. You see and you smell. I don't drink coffee. But I can tell you this. I love the smell of coffee. I like to smell it. I like to smell it when someone's brewing coffee or when I go into a gas station because it's that type of smell. See, the reality is that we had three different illustrations, but only one is working. All right? And this one is the one that we really needed to work. Because, you know why? How many of you could smell the coffee right now? All right? You smell it, right? And it's giving a good smell, right? You see, it's like us, all right? When we are put through tough times, when we are struggling through things, we ought to be like coffee in a sense and smell. And people could see the type of person we are. And we ought to give that, you know, I remember an old commercial, right? When we consider the Folgers commercials that some of you don't know nothing about. But it was Folgers in your cup, right? Whenever it would turn, the alarm clock would go on, and a person put in the coffee, the person would be coming out like this, with their eyes closed, like they couldn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, they smelled the coffee, and they almost just automatically just got up. You see, when we consider our lives... When we consider the sin in our life, and we consider how the hot water changed things, that's what Christ did for our life. We were absolutely nothing. We were sinful. We did want nothing to do with God. But he sent his son to die for us. And I would challenge you tonight, as, as you consider your life, right? Because what happens a lot of times in our lives is this. If we think we're too bad. You know, God wouldn't want nothing to do with me because if you knew what I did, Pastor Nicholas... Why would he want anything to do with me? The reality is God wants something to do with you. The question is, are you willing to say, God, I want to give you my life. I want you to do something in my life. And I would challenge you tonight with this. If you've never accepted Christ, your Lord and person say that you would. That you would recognize your need for Christ. And recognize how much you need him in every part of your life. Not just when you come to church, but in your schools, wherever you go. Like I said, the illustration didn't work how it was supposed to work. We didn't, you know, music and stuff didn't work tonight. Things like that happened. But you know what? If I want you to remember one thing tonight is this. That God loves you. And he sent your son, sent his son to die for you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for, again for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And Father, we pray again that you would just be with us, that you be honored in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.